It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time we talked about the uh, interesting, potentially non-Nicktoon, Mr. Meaty. Indeed, and we got several comments from people telling us that we ruined their dinner effectively, uh, which I'm very proud of personally, (laughs) so you're welcome for that. Yeah, it's not necessarily a a show to... uh, I don't know what's the opposite of disgusted. Whatever that is, it's not trying to make you feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> well said, actually. <laughs> Articulate, I know. <laughs> we also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking, when it comes to mooching, are you a Parker or a Josh? And 65% of you said Josh, the one being mooched. I voted shamelessly for Parker. Glad to see the other 35% of us uh, really representing there and owning the fact that we're moochers. Yeah, I... No, I... Personally, I hate taking things from people all the time. I need stuff to be, like, even Steven all the time. Mm. Always about paying people back even when they don't want me to. I'm the worst. I'm almost, like, too much of a non-moocher. I guess I don't get mooched on particularly frequently, but it's definitely happened a time or two in my day. And I'm only talking about the little stuff, you know? Like, if you got a fry and I've got nothing, I'm taking a fry, you know? Yeah, that's Uh, fair. That's fair. But if it's, like... $50,000. $50,000. Like, no, I'm not, like, asking uh, oh, you don't, for loans. <laughs> you don't casually just borrow $50,000 from your friends, Casey? Speaking of which, Ashley, I'm moving. Please help. Please give me money. <laughs> uh, well, Casey, from all of the money that we bring in from this ridiculously successful podcast, I can't imagine how you wouldn't have the millions to cover a new mansion, you know? Oh, are we supposed to cash those checks? <laughs> <laughs> I just put them up on the wall like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were commemorative. <laughs> eh, we'll, we'll keep it that way, and uh, I'll just, you know, if, if you look into the account and there's there's no money left, I definitely didn't just put my name on a bunch of checks and take it all, that's for sure. Wild. Uh, but yeah, we did find out among our fan base that you guys mostly, mostly get mooched on. Uh, this was a dumb Twitter poll, but it's <laughs> pr- pr- prompted some interesting discussion, I think. You know, I think it really, really gets you thinking, though. You know, what what kind of a person are you? Yeah, are you... am I a moocher? Do I need to reassess my life? <laughs> <laughs> but this week we will be uh, moving. You know, it's it's always an interesting transition between them moving <laughs> every time. Yeah, moving from a ridiculous Nicktoon with some ridiculous madness happening to the well, in this episode's not not quite yeah. as serious, but the more serious show, Avatar: The Last Airbender. We're on episode five now. I've just realized that we totally avoid serious Nicktoons now because Avatar is just so emotionally, like, draining and amazing, but we always want something light and ridiculous in the off weeks, and you're right, it makes the transition very strange. Yeah. <laughs> go, All right, and from uh, tapeworms with teeth going into zookeepers' mouths, uh, let's take a look at what it feels like to realize everyone you've known and loved is dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh... But, you know, you know. It is what it is. Give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook. Review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show. And make sure, as always, to check out and comment on our YouTube page. Also want to give a shout out to our listener Cam at CamLikeHam with underscores between every word for making us another one of his lovely memes. It is 
Parker from Mr. Meaty. It's his head on that fish we talked about last week from SpongeBob, and it says, "Dude, he made dudes. He made me experience raw beef." And then there's a ha as he <laughs> flies up to the sun. <laughs> you gotta go check it out. It is beautiful. He then also released a Twitter Moments compilation of every FNN meme he has made. It's beautiful. Go check it out. And thanks for the memes, Cam. Yes, honestly, what what would we do without Cam's memes? They're definitely what keeps me going on the show, if nothing else. So <laughs> thank you for each and every one of those, Cam. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. This week, we are covering the episode, The King of Omashu. It's book one, episode five, and originally aired March 18th, 2005. All right, so the next stop on the group's trip around the world is the Earth Kingdom city of Omashu. There, Aang shows Katara and Sokka the, um, the Omashu mail delivery system, which he and his friend Bumi, a Hindi word meaning Earth, use, used to ride for fun a hundred years ago. The trio gives the shoots a try, but they run into trouble after they destroy a cabin, cabbage merchant's cart. Uh, they are then put in front of the crazy king of the city, and they are unexpectedly given a feast because the king suspects that Aang is the Avatar. His suspicions are confirmed, and he then imprisons the three of them and puts Aang through three challenges to test his skills and earn the freedom of his friends. He then has to duel the king himself. Once Aang passes all of the challenges, he realizes that the king is his old friend, Bumi, who we saw in the flashbacks. And the king then informs Aang of what his task as the current avatar entails, essentially giving us a thesis, or I suppose an endgame, for the entire show. Yeah, this one's great. Bumi is a great character. He is wild. He's... He's... He's just amazing. Um, also, the the cabbage guy, poor man, getting his he actually he gets his cabbages wrecked twice in this episode too. Yeah. It's a struggle. So uh, those those are two of two of the strongest characters in the show. Pretty much uh, pretty much equal <laughs> level right there. I'd say in character <laughs> development. Um, yeah, we should have had cabbage guy and Nick Madness, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, and it's not really a spoiler. Like, if you've seen the memes, you know. The, the My Cabbages guy, we're going to see him a lot throughout the show. Yeah. And and it's pretty much the same bit every time. He gets his cabbages ruined, and then he goes, My Cabbages! That's that's the whole thing, you know? But it's it's gold. It really is. In fact, it's probably Googleable, but let's keep a running count now. So we've got Cabbage Guy appearance number one. We'll just do it by episode. I like it. I like it. We'll have to um, remember when he comes up the second time. I'm sure we will. Yeah, and um, I also like so so they're trying to get into Omashu and and they they have these ridiculous disguises on. It's a great way to start this out. Honestly, there's just like a lot of little ridiculous things that happen throughout this episode that are all great. Aang is, I don't even know, he has, like, some straw on his head or something, or it's fur? Is that what it was? 
I think Whatever it's it is. Appa's fur. Appa's fur. That makes sense. And he's got the mustache too. Yeah. Yeah. And he, they might not ever say that, but it certainly looks like it. No, uh, that makes sense right now that I'm thinking the, about it. Just right off the bat, I want to say how much I love the Earth Kingdom. I've always felt this connection to the Earth Kingdom, similar to Ravenclaw and Harry Potter. It's like the one that I feel I would be a part of if I were in this universe. And I love the lore. I love just how vast and diverse it is. That's kind of the Earth Kingdom's big thing. It has by far the most land of all the kingdoms. Although, obviously, the Fire Kingdom is trying to change that. Um, I think Omashu is an incredible city as it stands right now. Uh, it's a really cool way to introduce us to like the rich history of earthbending. And I'll, I'll keep saying it, we need an earthbending avatar show. Whether it be uh, Kiyoshi in the past or the avatar that will presumably come after Korra. I just would love to see the Earth Kingdom fleshed out even more. Yeah, it's... It's honestly stunning and we we um go in and the first thing we really notice is they've got this mail system where they kind of earth bend around slash use gravity a little bit of both um to get these carts to bring the mail around the entire city and it's just covering this whole thing it's this beautiful system um and also just just a really well constructed design too, right? Like the the artwork of the show is just so well done, and it's beautiful. It's got just this massive, like crazy feeling going on. The super efficient mail system, and that's when we uh, kind of flash back to Boomy for the first time, and he's great right from the start. <laughs> yeah, you can tell him and Ang just had a, a wild old time back in the days. They're both these free spirits, and they are riding these carts. Aang is always riding things. It's always like penguin sledding or, you know, riding the unagi or the uh, elephant koi. And now it's this mail delivery system. But wouldn't you kill to do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, a little surprised they didn't die in the... Because they, they end up riding around on it and, like, ridiculously dangerous stuff is happening left and right. So little terrifying but it would yeah. definitely be a blast so yeah obviously they successfully fake their way into the city because of katara's sort of radiant trustworthiness and yeah we're in where they ride the mail system and yeah they run into the cabbage guy and now they are put before the king and we have this unhinged circus music for the king. And you know what it reminded me of? I'm not sure if you can picture it immediately, but the booze haunted merry-go-round in Super Mario 64. Do you mm, know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. It like goes really yeah. fast. It's that na 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 And it's it freaked me out as a kid. And it's the sort of unhinged, it's supposed to be upbeat, but it's this carnival organ and like the just history of its use has sort of taught us to be afraid or at least be like, okay, something unsettling is going on. And that unsettlingness is the king who is clearly just a kooky old man. Yeah, he is, he is wild. He's, oof. <laughs> he's, he's not malicious exactly. Like, you don't feel exactly scared, scared of him, but you do feel a little uncertain of, like, what he's gonna do, right? Um, it's certainly not clear if he's a good guy or not for the vast majority of the episode. No, right, and, and, and again, it's not like you're... I, I don't know, 
sort of scared, but kind of just tense, kind of just, just really uncomfortable, um, where he, it's, it's also kind of weird because he's, um, he's being asked what they should do with him after he's, you know, after they've destroyed the cabbage man's cart, whatever. And he's like, we should throw them a feast. And like, already you're like, what, what's going on? Like, what's happening? This, this guy's given feasts to people who have committed crimes. Like, you're just really unsure where his head's at. It just feels like the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland. Like, he's just going to start yelling to change places and everyone's <laughs> going to move around the table. That's what this scene is. And it's unsettling. And he's clearly testing Aang. And it's like, do, does he know he's the Avatar? And he ends up uh, throwing, like, a chicken wing at Aang. And he catches it with his airbending, which I thought was a really clever way to catch him catch him off guard yeah like i i guess it's i guess it's the reflex because it seems kind of weird to me like you think you would still just catch it not airbend it but i guess if he airbends most things that get thrown at him and he's just used to doing that and you're not really expecting to suddenly get a chicken wing thrown at you like yeah it's fair enough <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like how you throw your books when you fall in the hallway it's just a human instinct <laughs> so that you can catch yourself you know <laughs> yeah fair enough uh so, yeah, he figures it out, and Aang has this, I think, hysterical response that he goes, Yep, I'm the Avatar, just checking to make sure everything's safe. Uh, he lifts under the tablecloth and goes, Yeah, no firebenders here, so uh, we'll just be on our way. <laughs> it's gold. It really is. Uh, not surprisingly, doesn't work super well. Um, <laughs> and um, they get thrown into the the newly refurbished dungeon that used to be the bad dungeon <laughs> yeah his henchman is like you mean the good dungeon or the bad dungeon he's like in the newly refurbished one <laughs> they're not good and bad anymore that was funny little banter there like, we should probably number them but <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I do love um just a little bit here when he brings them in to the to the room they don't have like locks. They just earthbend the door to not be there anymore, right? Like it's just like a room made out of rock. And and already again, we haven't had a huge taste of earthbending yet. But already we have just one of the cool little ways that they end up using it, right? Like they and I'll say this a million more times in the show, but they don't just say like, "Oh, they're earthbenders. They can throw rocks around." They they really have a way of building like an infrastructure around it, and I love it. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, uh, I gotta say, since we already spoiled it, essentially, in the plot summary, as a, when I first watched this episode, I had no idea that the king was Boomy. There's really not a reason to think that. I mean, they do a good job animating it, where they both have a similar sort of eye quirk, where one eye is, it's not quite a lazy eye, but it's droopy. Uh, so you can totally see that it's him when Aang realizes it, but I had no idea. I can't honestly remember my my first watch through. I don't I don't know. I know that it, I remembered that it was him by the second time I watched the entirety mm-hmm. of the show, but I think I saw this episode when I was younger and I I can't remember what was going through my head anymore. Um either well, way he's... it's it's one of those things that definitely makes sense when it all ties together at the end. Like you're like, oh, "Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. All checks out." Exactly. And we'll get into that whole scene because that's really amazing. But 
it made me think as Aang goes through these challenges, as I'm playing Majora's Mask now, I'm on my sixth of all the Zelda games, and I was thinking, like, what a cool sort of Zelda-like action-adventure video game Avatar could make. And if there already is one, I'm, it must be terrible, because I haven't heard of it. Uh, but I think just a well-made Avatar game, because it feels like a boss battle. It feels like a dungeon, a final, like a boss of a dungeon when he's battling Boomy himself at the end. Yeah, I, it looks like there is one. I'm not going to look into reviews or anything. I mean, Nintendo's mm-hmm. never been, not Nintendo, Nickelodeon has never been known to make particularly good video games. So uh, wouldn't be shocked if it was just a a money-grabbing basic game. But definitely as a concept would be super cool. There's so much going on here. Are you are you telling me you're not excited for Nicktoon Racing or more excited for that than Smash? I couldn't be more excited for Nicktoon Racing. It's actually the only game I will buy for the rest of my life because Did nothing will come close. It? I feel like it, I feel like we messaged thing. about it yeah. at some point. It looks like what you would expect it to. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Absolutely, that is very fair to say. I really want to play it. I don't want to buy it. So (laughs) if we do trivia again and I win. (laughs) I mean, maybe you can find... Do do video game rental stores even still exist? Is that even still a thing? I have no idea. But, you know. (laughs) But yeah, if there's not a video game of it, there should be. We realized that a la the Ice King from Adventure Time... uh, we think Boomy is this frail old man. He opens up his robe and he's ripped. I guess with the Ice King, you just think he's like chubby or out of shape. But then he, when he opens it, he's like really thin. But with Boomy, he opens his garb and he's like extremely ripped, like uncomfortably so. Yeah, and it, it comes, and I think this is kind of a fun little clever moment too. When when he goes to um to this fight there's him and there's these two like warriors next to him and he's like ang you get to pick who who you're gonna fight and you know it's it feels like it's implied that he has to pick between those two and he you know you see him think it through and he's like he thinks he has this great loophole ang does he's like i'm gonna fight him instead and then we find out that he's crazy strong, and I, he says something like, can I fight the guy with the knives instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we get our first big taste of earthbending fighting, and it's just really well done. Um, and, and again, this is one of those things that you'll hear repeated from me way too much, but the fight scenes in this show are just so different from the fight scenes in other shows. There's so much creative usage of the bending that's that's used all over the place um and, and yeah i just think telling in them you know there's yes. uh, dialogue that we need and the story gets advanced in these fights they're not just marking time yeah there, there's a moment where he says something like oh classic airbender always just evading instead of actually fighting which is exactly very much ang's sort of um skill set there too right so it's it's pretty and cool honest to get that history to learn that that's really common yeah and and it really does make sense i mean right they're they're kind of they've got this peaceful lifestyle they're kind of you know they're living their lives meditating and they're vegetarians and they're pretty passive although he does still get into fights and stuff the airbending nation is by far the most passive out of yep. the four nations yeah and earthbending is pretty peaceful too but there have been factions within it and 
you know, we'll we we'll learn more about the Earth Kingdom history as we go on, but Boomy is clearly not a peaceful earthbender in that sense of the nope. word. He's a very aggressive offense forward fighter. Yes, and he he gives him a pretty good fight for it. It's uh it's exciting to watch. You know, and it's I think it's kind of a fun little play too again from the moment that we realize that he's actually a lot stronger than we were anticipating and then through the whole thing. But um, there's also a couple of other little challenges that we saw along the way. Yeah. And moral of the story is each time Aang has to sort of think in a different way than you would normally expect to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Which we get to be- again made me think of the Zelda comparison. That's exactly how Zelda dungeons work. You have to kind of relax your brain and soft focus to see the way out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this really would make a good game. Now I'm kind of mad. <laughs> um, but... but we do, speaking of the, like, seeing Earth earthbending visualized and what, the extent of what it can do, after Aang essentially defeats him, although he could have smashed Aang to bits, uh, Boomy then leans backward and falls into the Earth and then proceeds to just move the rock out of the way or uses it to propel himself, basically. And he ends up up next to Sokka and Katara, who are slowly being encased in rock. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. They're, it's like in this uh, Gemini, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's these rings that they put on their gems, and they keep growing, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Well, horrifying. at least we think it is. Well, it still uh, is, right? Like, hypothetically, it could have kept going. They wouldn't have known, right? Oh, I guess they wouldn't have known, but they were never in any real danger, No, I but, I mean, just as a concept, that's still frightening. <laughs> it would, yeah. But basically, at the end, he reveals it's literally just rock candy, so they could have eaten their way out if they had figured that out. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of a funny... Because if they hadn't, it would have been like, oh, so he's Aang's friend, and he's just going to threaten to kill his closest friends. But no, they were never in any real danger. No, and I mean... You know, we, we we recognize by the end of it that he's just kind of a uh, quote-unquote mad genius, yes. as we hear. Um, and he makes Aang guess his name, and yeah, Sokka's it's, like, it's oh, like I've a, got it. It's a Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> moment right there. It is, it is. And Sokka goes, oh, we'll just we'll just go with Rocky, <laughs> you know, because he's an earthbender. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I love to, uh, Katara, 100, 100% genuinely is like, we're going to keep trying, but that is a good backup. <laughs> like, She's so they're supportive. Getting desperate. <laughs> they're getting desperate. And also Sokka just doesn't deserve Katara. She's so good. She really is. But it it, it was, you know, it, it was a genuine thought. He was doing his best. Um yeah. But yeah, Aang ends up thinking his way through. He realizes who it has to be. And we, we get this really touching reunion scene, right? And again, given the age and given how long it's been, there's not a whole lot of people that Aang knew still around. And once they have this realization and, you know, Boomy laughs his crazy old laugh, they hug and it's just really sweet. Like, it's it's got to be a weird moment for both of them, sort of not expecting to see the other, especially not in the way that, you know, Boomy's definitely not expecting to see Aang still look like his old self a hundred years later, and Aang's not really particularly expecting to see anyone that he knew, so it's it's a really sweet reunion moment there. It's even like if I'll ever, like, stumble on pictures of, like, childhood friends or fa- or relatives when they were kids. It's like, yeah, I knew them then, but it's weird to see them if I know what they look like now. And imagine, like, someone from your distant past just showing up right now as they looked. 
when you knew them. Like, that would be really unsettling. And, and, you know, I think it makes sense that Boomy takes that pretty easily, right? He's kind of a wild guy. He's got his wild thoughts going on, and he's really not too shaken up by it, which I don't think he could be shaken up by a whole lot. (laughs) Right, uh, exactly. But then from Aang's perspective, think of the weight of this moment and how high stakes that is. This is the first person from his old life he has ever seen. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like I said, he's probably not expecting to run into anybody that he knows at this point. He's kind of recognized that the entire Air Kingdom's been wiped out. He, um, you know, to some extent has probably just accepted, well, everyone I've ever known isn't going to be around. Um, and he's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it really is a great moment. And then they go, of course, sliding around on the... Uh, the mail cart just as old days and it's it's just such a lovely scene um but we do get a little bit of a moment here where boomy does kind of lay everything out and it he he has a little bit of a serious moment where he's like but in all honesty like you're the avatar and you've got you've got some big things to do you know and it's it's another one of those things and i think kind of in a similar way where Aang is always playful and he's messing around and he's riding on things but then he has these moments where you can tell that he knows the weight of the situation and we kind of see that in Boomy here too right he he's joking around he has these trials and challenges and he's messing around with him but at the same time he recognizes that there's a lot at stake here absolutely and it's helpful for the audience too because it's we're getting five episodes in and it's kind of like okay so are they just gonna kind of dart around the map like we need a we need a plan here at some point and now we have it's a vague one but we know what needs to happen he's got to master the four elements and defeat fire lord ozai to save the world yeah and it it sounds straightforward enough obviously we know there's a few more episodes to go so it's not gonna happen (laughs) right away but it, it does yeah it does give us that stronger point and we know right now that he's going to get water bending he obviously already has a pretty solid handling on air bending and presumably we we would think that as the avatar he's going to be using all four of them but it's the first time that we we sort of get this this uh set of directions here so five episodes in we kind of have a a better idea of where we're going but still definitely don't know the the whole path by any means and we're in book one water you know they have names which is very rare for any show for the seasons to have names and i like the idea that it's books and not seasons it feels like more of a a story that's been passed down for centuries than something that you know some americans made up in the mid 2000s uh but it's you know obviously we take we've seen fire earth and water but the presumably the the water of book one water is ang must learn or try to learn water bending in this season yeah and uh again we don't have an exact next step for the next episode here um no. and we kind of just have this wandering feeling still but we do have now sort of an, an overarching path that we know that we're gonna take um yeah. i don't think i have anything else to add here but it is just really a fun episode Boomy is a great character. Um, he's just got this great young spirit and an old body kind of a deal. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this one, as I do all of them. But yeah, 
Yeah. And the, the way that he teaches Aang to think outside of the box is going to be really important down the line in a lot of ways. And it's a good lesson for kids. It's a good lesson for Aang. And uh, yeah, it's one of those perfectly balanced Avatar episodes where it's very funny and it gets very wholesome and serious and emotional at moments. Absolutely. All right. Well, my segment, it's time for our fifth one of these bad boys. Uh, I wanted to look at the national emblems or the insignias of the Avatar universe, specifically the Earth Kingdom. So I don't know if you can picture it, but if the Earth Kingdom emblem is a square inside of a circle and it's green all around with a yellow border. Um, and I think these insignias are really interesting. They're kind of like the house sigils in Game of Thrones where each one says a lot about the history. Um, and it's shaped like a Chinese coin, which is kind of cool. That supposedly was intentional. Uh, it's many layers symbolize the depth of the Earth Kingdom and the Earth itself, which is really interesting when you think of, like, the crust and the mantle mm. and all that geology stuff. Um, the insignia represents the immeasurable layers of deep rock and minerals with which earthbenders manipulate to maintain their great cities, as well as the depth of the inhabitants' commitment towards a peaceful and productive way of life. Um, and you can see the emblem on the helmets of Earth Kingdom troops. You can see it displayed in the Earth Kingdom cities. And it's also on their currency. So I just think it's really cool, these uh, insignias. And it might be worth looking at the other ones uh, in other weeks, too. Yeah, that is that is really neat. And we'll have to keep an eye out to see if we can... We've got enough episodes that we'll we'll probably cover all four but yeah, definitely one of those details that you see all the time, but you don't really consider the meaning behind. So, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just like the symbolism there a lot, and this show is just chop full of symbolism. Absolutely. All well, right, are we? That's all we've got. Yeah, why don't we move on to that conclusion? Sounds good to me. Alright, our Twitter poll for this week is Would you be friends with young Boomy or old Boomy? So when he's a king or when he is a carefree, whimsical 12 year old. And, you know, there's not much of a difference there that we see. <laughs> no, I mean, one of them throws feasts, though, but the other one's probably a little bit more lively. So I think, I think he got some <laughs> thoughts here. Um, for sure. Next week, we will be covering an episode of Angry Beavers. It's been a little bit since we've looked back at that one. Um, probably one of the ones from the end of uh, season one. Casey and I binged most of season one while I was uh, back in New York, so we decided we're going to try and clear it out and look at some of those last ones. Haven't decided on the exact one yet, but there you go. It's quite the bingeable show. I highly recommend doing it. And uh, thank you, Patricia. We were able to do that because of the DVD that you sent me as a very lovely gift one year. And yeah, it was just great to go from episode to episode of that. And yeah, we'll we'll pick a good one, whatever it is. We also go out of social media. We got Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Go check all of those out. And thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.